This is Ursula Hogan. Welcome you to News Extra on Scarpe Community Radio, where we feature interviews which will go into details on some of the events in the news this week. Whitegate Camogie Club capped a successful season by reaching the final of the Intermediate Championship. Jack Tracy reported on the final for Scarpe Community Radio. And I'm joined in the line now by our correspondent in Whitegate, Jack Tracy. Uh, Jack, you were involved in a Camogie Intermediate Camogie final last weekend, and um, it was uh, it didn't go exactly according to plan. Okay, Jim. Well, maybe before I deal with the match itself, I'd just like to talk about the build-up to it in the parish, and, and that was something special, really, because. The, the idea that Whitegate were going to be maybe playing senior camogie next year, getting the Father Murray Cup, every house, every every house in the parish was with flags and bunting and everything. It was a, it was a huge game in, in the community. So there was that was the first thing about it. And people travelled in to, to Clare Castle, like in Great Hope. Now, the match itself, you know, was a very tense, there was a very tense opening, very tight, lot of tension and maybe just for 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 to divide it up into the quarters we'll say that Clooney ha- had a good start but white get settled in and everything was going good and at half time it was five points each so that was fine it was point for point and everything was really well contested and then in the third quarter as they call it now so important Clooney got on top really and they got a point up and then two and then and eventually they went five points clear and maybe to some people it looked like, oh, they're they're going to pull away now. But they didn't. And um and the next thing, Whitegate were back in the match after the water break then. A goal followed by a couple of points. And the next thing, with five or six minutes to go, the match was level. So the the it was wonderful, really. It was a great occasion for, for those supporting either side and for neutrals. The score was eleven points to one eight. And people then were looking at the electronic scoreboard and the clock and the minutes were counting down. And maybe then Tony Quinn showed the experience and craft around the field and they, they scored the last three points of the match. So that's a kind of a summary of the game as it as it turned out. But um from a white get point of view, they really excelled. They really couldn't have done anything more. And Tony Quinn in their in their acceptance speech, referred to the fact that they had been beaten last year and knew what it was to lose, but really the girls lost the game, but they won a tremendous amount of respect, and people who were there would say it, it was just wonderful to see it. Yes, very good. Yeah, so so like it it was it really was just disappointing to come away, um, but white get people I think would put their hand up and say the better team won. And that they had their nose in front after the sixty minutes, but but it was a really great occasion, and yes. the white the crowd at the game, Jim, was an unbelievable crowd followed them, and 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 were delighted with the way they played. Yes, you well, know what to say. Yeah, Whitegate, of course, uh, have never been known for not attending games or for not supporting their teams. I would say one of the best supported clubs uh, in the county at at any great hurling or football. Yeah, well, I I have to say, Jim, that this match was the best supported game in Whitegate for a long, long time. 
really. Yeah. It captured everybody's attention, really. Yes. You know, and people who had never seen a Camogie game or, or had been at one, they, they would say, we'll, we'll go to this one anyway because, there's, you know, the expectations were great. And, and then the performance was great. So, yes. Yeah, such so huge performance from the team and, and, and everybody, one to, one to 25 and, and the mentors that put in a huge effort and I have no doubt, but they, they will come again. Yes, and I suppose it's not great consolation, I mean, in the immediate aftermath of a defeat and of a narrow defeat like that. But mm. I suppose the experience, I mean, Clooney Quinn last year, and, and they they played a most exciting final uh, against Fetal Kilnina, uh, yeah. who pipped them at the end. And I, I remember the dejection in the players because yeah. we covered that game last year. But, um, you know... Please, God, yes, next year will the, this game and the campaign this year will stand to the Whitegate girls. I have no doubt it will, Jim. Really, because they they, they gave their all. Really, they, you know, they say it is good to play, it is great to win, and it is even better to love playing. And and they love playing, and that's that's the size of it. And now with such a young panel, they have got a kind of a taste of what the big time because the occasion was huge, um, and to be so near. But now they realise that the future is bright. And to be able to field two teams, two adult Camogie teams on our own in the parish, is just, it's its a wonderful. Yes, yeah. And of course, Clooney Quinn, you know, I know Whitegate had a number, of, you have a number of county players on your panel, young yes. county players, whereas right. Clooney Quinn would, would have some very experienced county players in their panel who have been, you know, on the road for quite some time. So they, oh, would, very true. they would have that craft. But uh, yeah, it, things, things do look bright right then uh, in terms well, of Whitegate Camogie Jack well I think these girls anyway have lit the flame because it, they're very bright and a minor team still in, in, in a final to come against Airog and Airog are a big towny club you know but yet these under 16 these minor girls now are going to give their all in that final as well so it, the future is bright that's brilliant. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, commiserations for, for the defeat to yourself and, and the people in Whitegate. Uh, good luck in this weekend's uh, minor, and we will cover that as well. But um, And we look forward, Jack, to, uh, you know, less disappointment, I suppose, and, and good, yeah. better results at least uh, next year in the Intermediate Championship. Exactly, Jim. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Jack Tracy, our correspondent, Whitegate, many thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, Jim. You're welcome. Bye-bye. East Clare native James Tracy is establishing a reputation for himself as a quality photographer with his work appearing in many outlets. He has just launched a new Christmas card in time for the season with 20% of the sales going to the Irish Cancer Society. He came into studio during the week and spoke to Jim Collins. Now I'm with East Clare photographer James Tracy here in studio. Uh, James, from your very busy schedule, thanks for taking time out to come in to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Hey, thanks, Jim. Listen, um, I, I see your work uh, around the place. Now, we haven't talked to you um, so far, but I mean, it is great that you can come in here. We've seen some of your work in various newspapers. How did you get into photography? <coughs> Well, to date back to 2013, I was in Mjigore at the time, and uh, I realised that uh, the the group needed a photographer for group photographs, and uh, when I went to Hoyland in 2014, 
the same story was, was in, in action needed photographers for for the group and I volunteered to come a photographer in 2016 ever since then I've been taking photographs and most, mostly started off in the Highland then I went to Fethamme I went to Highland and Fethamme and in 2018 I did a course in Limerick Institute of Technology and the course in LCFE in Limerick two years ago as well and since then I became serious in photography I've bought frames of cameras and been working full blast in photography ever since. I know, yes. And I suppose it's like a bug that, that hits you, James, is it? Uh, it I mean, I, people who are interested in photography tend to be really keen on it. It is, it is at the moment because um, I've been doing Kettlemer photography for the last two years. And for the last six months now, my work has been published big time in the Examiner. Yes. And um, I took a break there for the last week and I found, found that I need. So the kind of addiction and doing it, it had to be doing every day, it had to go do and do it, keep, keep at it. Yes. And is it, and the, the examiner, did, did have I, am I right in thinking that the Farmer's Journal also have published your work? They have, they have it, Farmer's Journal published in the last August and months. I had one march with them, but most of the examiner are independent. The independent took me on first, the uh, Irish independent. They were the first paper to publish my pictures. Yes. And when you were, go to a market now or go on location yourself, uh, just to have a look, what, what, what are you looking for? Well, I photographed the first, for the market, so the first half an hour of the market, I photographed them first. And I come home and then I get the prices from the, the auction, the market itself. And I um, put, put numbers together and put, put the best, best prices and best animals together and emailed the newspaper the details I got in the mart during the day. Yes. It was only four o'clock in the evening I have the prices got because the mart's on all day. Yes. So what they're, what they're looking for is like, it's like a report on the mart with a photo of yes. animals that are making the best prices. Just the best prices, the best animals in the mart. Yes, okay. And what about general photography now that you, you do? Yeah, um, the moment, at the moment I'm doing a lot of graduation photographs, three graduations in the last six months. And um, well, a lot of family photographs, I'm getting a family photograph on since tomorrow. And uh, a lot of family photographs, portraits, that kind of thing. Yes, okay. And I mean, I, you, you, you obviously have built up uh, a good set of equipment uh, over the last oh, have, yeah. year or two. Have, yeah, yeah. Do I don't have lighting? I don't have lighting, but um, I can I can adjust the photographs in Photoshop to um, to change in the photograph background to make it look like a studio. Yes. Okay. And is the, you would you be into digital photography now? That's what it is. Yes. But uh, digital photographs more modern style photograph, but also if you look at. Um, the old style film camera, I use them as well for the black and white photographs. Yes. They're better in black and white. Yes, okay. And I suppose some people do like the, the, the black and white all the time. There's oh, yeah. a certain character to it, maybe. You can get and get the photos developed in black and white and email to you. And you can adjust them in Photoshop, then you want to change the, the layout of the photograph. Yes, I know. Listen, at the moment, um, and we're coming up to Christmas. Christmas is only just over a month away. And uh, you have a pack of cards with a Scarif team that uh, you have for sale both from yourself and in various shops. Tell us about that. I have a Christmas card in, in honor of our cancer society in, in, in Scar- based in Scarif in the market house in Scarif and um, they are uh, they're for sale for a bundle of tin for 10 euro, a euro each. Yes. And uh, you know portion of the proceeds go to 20% of to the Irish Cancer Society yes yes 
Okay. Uh, I suppose two questions. First of all, why are you, um, I know the Irish Cancer Society is a very good one, but is there any reason why you would pick that one particularly? Uh, my family have been affected by cancer on both sides of family over the last number of years, and I have a good idea to help the Cancer Society for their uh, fundraising activities. And um, I say I have become a heavy smoker back in 1999, and uh, the, the Cancer Society ran a quit line for smoking. It's not going to take over the HSE, but uh, they were very instrumental in me giving up smoking back in the day. It's often 10 years old at this stage. Yes. And tell me, the um, where are the cards available? If I know if, if we meet you on the street, you'll give us one, or you'll sell us one very quickly. But if for people who mightn't meet you, uh, where are they available? They're available in Benz, in Market House. Market House. In, in the... Mar- Market House in Scarif. Okay, Eugene is there with, yes, the, right, yeah. with the Tourist Centre. Tourist Centre, yeah. Lovely, that's great. Um, tell us, what, looking forward now, what uh, are you, where do you see yourself go with the photography? Um, I'm hoping the pilgrimage will start up again after another year, hopefully. The, this coronavirus will end, hopefully, and it's looking good and warm, but... I'm hoping the pilgrimage will start again, hopefully next year. Yes. Christmas next year, hopefully, if we go on to Israel. Yeah, and will you incorporate photography with, oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. with that? Because, I mean, for many, many years, you have been organising uh, pilgrimage groups from from everywhere, really, uh, going to the Holy Land. I did actually, Donald Connor Diocese was my, my big, big, big friends in, in Belfast. Yes. I'd be probably going from there and... Uh, Dice at Klein, I'd be cross going down on Cork. Yes. Yeah. And uh, who else? Uh, Ferns and Wexford, I'd be cross going from there. Okay. And Galway and Chum. Kilo Dice as well. Yes, yeah. But I suppose, hopefully, that we'll be able to get back to some kind of, of normal, let's say, pilgrimages from your point of yeah. view, um, to, to, to get the thing going again. But even for the whole island, I had a group going to Loch Derr a couple of times as well. Loch Derr and Donegal, the pilgrimage in Northern Ireland and North Ireland. Yes. The Donegal and Donegal. Yeah. yeah, but it would be interesting now to incorporate your photography with the, the pilgrimage. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. And it would be, um, people would be delighted to have particularly nice photographs taken yeah. uh, when they're on I sell the photographs to groups and the photographs. I bring a printer with me in my suitcase. Okay. And listen, I didn't realise it until the other day, but um, your some of your work, uh, I don't mean the cards now, but other photographs are for sale. Uh, around East Clare or certainly around Scarif. Yeah. yeah. I remember last year I saw two photographs to Jim. You did indeed, which yes. Was, which was outside <laughs> Jim Nettles' house. Outside Jim's house and you said, <laughs> sta- <laughs> you said, stand up there, Jim, and I'll take your photograph. And then <laughs> you came back a week later and sold me the two photos. And I, and I still have them. I saw an earlier shot there at long ago, an earlier shot of the, of the house. That's right, yes, that's right. And have you done, you've done a bit of that as well. I have, yeah. I passed my drawing licence test for the... IAEA, Asian Authority. Yes. And uh, it's a day-long test, a day-long course to do it, commercial yes. licence. Yes. It's illegal to charge for a drone shot unless you're qualified. Oh, very good. The original drone, okay, can take for own use. Yes. For charging people for it, has to be registered with the IAEA. I know, I know. And, of course, it's a special skill as well to be able to manoeuvre the drone so it takes the shot you want. It's dangerous in the wrong hands. Yes, yeah, I can imagine that. Okay, well, James, listen, thanks so much for coming in to us. Uh, good luck with the photography. 
Um, and we'll keep our eye out to all the various publications, the Examiner, the Farmer's Journal, and the local papers as well, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. And hopefully uh, your photography will go from strength to strength. Many thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Jim. St. Joseph Secondary School in Tulla is one of the nurseries of hurling in East Clare, ably led by Whitegate native Turns Fahey. The school has been involved in a number of games in the past couple of weeks and students Dara Fitzgerald and Emmett Mulcahy report for Scarif Bay Community Radio. The opening round of the Harty Cup Championship ended in a disappointing defeat of 18 points to 20 for St Joseph's Tulla against De La Salle in Bansha, the venue for this fixture. The St Joseph Tulla boys started really well with Derek Kyo converting frees and Sean Whittycomb grabbing himself a nice point to make it a four point to no score for St Joseph's Tulla in the first five minutes. De La Salle came back into the game with a few easy frees from their number 11 Paddy Fitzgerald, bringing it back to 5 points to 5 heading into the first water break. Heading into the second quarter, Alex Keane, De La Salle's number 14, was brought out sweeper, which really gave the Watford boys a way to dominate in midfield. Scores from De La Salle's sharpshooter Paddy Fitzgerald and St. Joseph's Tulla Owen McMahon and Sean Whittycomb brought the score 9 points to 8 in favour of De La Salle going into half time. The second half started with both teams eager to grab an early lead and try and get on top of each other in the middle of the field. Brilliant defending by Adam Hogan and his two counterparts in a full back line, the two brothers, Fionn and Dara Ryan, really helped Tulla stay in competition with the strong De La Salle team. Freeze from Derek Keogh and Sean Whittycomb helped Tulla stay within distance of De La Salle's lead that was really being held by De La Salle star man Paddy Fitzgerald. It was 14 points to 11 heading into this exciting fourth quarter and St. Joseph's Tulla and De La Salle both came into the last 15 minutes knowing they both need to set down a marker and get an early score. Cullum Cleary and Aaron Curtis both worked very hard winning frees and dirty ball with Cullum Cleary grabbing a well-deserved point to lift all the spirits in the Tulla team. Ushin Clune fought hard with Tony Layden in the half-back line to try and get on top of the De La Salle team. With a great run from Tony Layden that ended up with the Tulla man grabbing a nice point whilst being centre-back. Jack Toomey and once again Paddy Fitzgerald both picking up scores for De La Salle to take the game into an only a one-point lead for the De La Salle boys. In the dying minutes of the game, Cullum Cleary was given a swift hand pass from Ronald O'Connor. He made himself space and took a shot with a barely tailing wide at the left-hand post. For the last play of the game, De La Salle's Paddy Fitzgerald put over an amazing free from the corner of his own 65 to seal the win for the Watford men. It was a very hard fought for both teams, but St. Joseph's Tulla left Bancha with a loss and a final score of 18 points to 20 to De La Salle. St. Joseph's Tulla will play the winners of Blackwater College v. St. Coleman's College of Formoy. St. Joseph's Tulla will play the winners of this fixture in two weeks, date and time to be confirmed. The second round of the under-15 competition ended in a comprehensive win for St. Joseph's Tulla on a scoreline of 8-15 to 4-9. Throw-in was under the lights in Cahirlohan at 7pm. The first five minutes of this fixture started well for the Tulla men, with Conor Murphy grabbing the opening point from a nice shot on the corner of the 21. That point was soon followed up by a brilliant goal from Tulla's captain Billy Moroni. Flannins fought hard in the first 15 minutes with their number 12 Luke Slattery converting two nice frees. Tulla answered back to these frees with Mikey Vaughan working hard in the middle of the field to help set up goals which were taken excellently by Lee Murphy, Jerry O'Connor and Billy Moroni. Heading into the first water break, the score was 4-6-2 points in favour of the Tulla boys. Going into the second quarter, Tulla were ready to add on scores on top of what they already had. Work from Tulla's Matthew Corbett and Ryan Hayes helped to keep Tulla on top and stop the Flannins charge. 
Two goals from Liam Murphy and 1-1 scored from Mikey Vaughan helped add to St. Joseph's Tulla tally as they held the Flannins boys scoreless in the second 15 minutes. Tulla went in at half-time leading on a scoreline of 8-10 to 2 points. Straight from show-in, Flannins took their chances well and scored 1-1 with the breeze now behind their back. Fannins kept battling hard against the Tullin men, scoring 2-2 before the second water break. Jerry O'Connor converting frees for St. Joseph's, leaving the score 8-14-2-5 at the second water break. Heading into the last 15 minutes, Flannins had momentum behind them and they knew they still had a lot of work to do. With Aaron Cotter grabbing a goal at the start of the last quarter and again Flannins star man Luke Slattery throwing over nice frees. The wind died down in the last 10 minutes with the O'Callaghan's Mills duo of Martin Bond and Connor Walsh at wing-back helped Tulla stay on top throughout the majority of this match. Converted frees and Tulla's centre-four Jerry Connor sealed the win for the St. Joseph's men on the final scoreline of 8-15-4-9. There was treacherous conditions for most of this match but that didn't stop either teams playing some lovely hurling. St. Joseph's Tulla are out next week against Arts Gullerish and Carlohan at 7pm on Thursday. The third round of the under-15 competition ended in a draw between St. Joseph's Tulla and Arts Gullerish on a scoreline of 5-11 to 2-20. This match threw in at 7pm under the lights in Wolftone Shannon. The start of the first quarter was thrilling as both teams grabbed early goals from Arts Gullerish's Conor Ryan and St. Joseph's Tulla Billy Maroney. Arts Gullerish kept picking off nice points from Killeen Murphy and Patrick Carney, but Billy Maroney grabbing another nice goal and Jerry O'Connor taking his scores put Tulla a point up coming into the first quarter on a scoreline of 2-4-1-6. Arts Gullerish started off with a bang in the second quarter with a quick goal. Mikey Vaughan and John Moran working hard in the centre of the field helped provide scores for Tulla. Conor Ryan had a moment to forget, misrising a crucial penalty which Liam Maroney picked up and cleared. This didn't phase Arts Gullerish in any way as they grabbed 5 points in 10 minutes which left the score at 2-12-2-7 to Arts Gullerish at half time. Tulla started off the third quarter strong as Liam Murphy finished a nice goal. Arts Gull hit 3 points with no return from the Tulla men. Jerry O'Connor hit a nice free to keep Tulla in reach of Arts Gull. Heading into the last quarter the score was 2-15-3-8 to Arts Gull. The last 15 minutes were very exciting with both teams gearing to go. Mark O'Brien from Arts Gullerish was brought on to make an impact in the forwards, grabbing two nice points from play. Liam Murphy and Jerry O'Connor grabbed two well-taken goals. In the dying minutes of the game, bring Tulla within one point of Arts Gull. Tulla won a puck out and played it down the field to Billy Maroney, who drew foul and won a free for Tulla in the last play of the game. Jerry O'Connor stepped up and placed the ball straight over the black spot to level the game. The whistle was then blown seconds after. A great comeback from Tuller resulted in a draw on a final score of 5-11 to 2-20. Tuller are on next Thursday night against St. Flannan's under the lights in Carrollow and throwing at 7pm. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarif Bay Community Radio.